Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 39. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we're going to get into the whole question of, is a recession coming? Or better yet, what are the things that you can look at that might indicate or try and help you understand what everyone's talking about it on TV? And so nowadays, it seems like uh, everyone is talking about, are we going to go into a recession or not? We've got the inverted yield curve. Doesn't that mean we always have a recession We've also got any number of people predicting recessions or not predicting recessions. And by the way, uh, if we do have a recession, it would be one of the most telegraphed or predicted ones that I remember. You know, sometimes you you have a recession and it comes on and it's always a, a collection of things that happen. But certainly I've seen more stuff written and talked about ahead of whatever it is that happens, recession or no recession, when that is. And so... I've been getting a lot of questions about what are things that, uh, first of all, what does a recession mean? What do they look at to say whether it's a recession or not? And then uh, we'll kind of go through some of those things and, and we'll talk a little bit about the the inverted yield curve. Now, before I do that, one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, I'm always talking about being invested, but being hedged. And when you have downside protection, either through a floor with hedges or you have a buffer the, the whole notion or the worry about whether markets are going to go down or up, a lot of that is alleviated because if you've got protection in the portfolio, your timing doesn't have to be quite as, uh, as accurate. You just stay invested. And if the markets go down, then you have protection. And I'll link to a couple different podcasts we did talking about this very subject. But I, I just wanted to mention that because the reason of doing this, and I'm always sort of reticent to talk about recessions or things people are looking at, and I'm certainly not making any predictions, but I think a lot of people who have investments that are really predicated on, let's say, gaining if if the market is going up or they're worried about trying to time the market, they get into some of this stuff. And I'll be honest, you know, CNBC on their website, every time you, you pull up their website, it seems like they have another article saying, hey, this is a major indicator of a recession or somebody else taking the other side, that there is no recession. So without further ado, let's first get into it. And we have not had an official recession since it was called uh, by the NBER. And so the NBER is the National Bureau of Economic Research. And they are the ones who actually meet and they decide whether or not there is a recession or not. And according to their site, I'll of course link to this in the the show notes so you can take a look for yourself. Our last recession lasted 18 months and it lasted from December uh, 2007 until June of 2009. And the previous one was, let's see, March of 2001 through November of 2001. And that was about eight months. And prior to that, you had 1990 to, what is that? 19, uh, July of 1990 to March of 1991. And that was eight months. So the last one was 18 months. The previous two were eight and eight. And what's interesting is uh, now that we've gone beyond, uh, let's say June of 2019. So now we're June, July, August. At the end of this month, it will be 122 months so over 10 years since we've had a last recession. And that's one of the things that people point to is they say, well, it's been so long, we're bound to have a recession. Well, 
the previous record was, it looks like 120 months. Yeah, exactly 120 months or 10 years. And the last, let's see, March of 1991, that one was called an end. And then we had the start of the new one was March of 2001. So that was 10 years. So right now we've gone beyond that. And it doesn't mean that it, it can't keep going. I suppose every new record for the longest time in between recessions, uh, you know, it will, recession is going to happen when it happens. Uh, Australia, and I, I should have had the, uh, the data up in front of me, but Australia hasn't had a recession since the 1990s, I believe. So they're actually one of the longest running countries without one. So you take a look at the historical precedent and you can look up on this site every recession we've had. It looks like this goes back to, let's see, 1857. So if you want to take a look at that. Interestingly enough, the, let's just see, the Great Depression. So that was what, August 29 to March of 1933. That lasted 43 months, 43 months. And then of course the, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, we ha- we've had uh, several of these. So you can check that out. I won't go through the numbers. You can certainly read that. But as you as we start to think about um, looking at what it is they view in order to tell whether there's a recession or not, uh, there is sort of the, I'll call it the back of the napkin version. And that's simply two consecutive quarters of negative uh, GDP growth. And so gross, uh, gross domestic product, uh, GDP, is measured. It's one of the big ones that comes out. And the, the thing that happens is, so let's say the second quarter ends. So second quarter is what, January, March, April, May, June. And then in July, you get the, the first estimate of, of Q2. You get a, a second estimate that's revised as they have more data. And that will be towards the end of August. And then you get the final second quarter GDP number in September. And of course, as the, the third quarter ends, then the following month, you get the first update. So the back of the napkin is, is negative uh, or two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth. And we'll kind of go over some of those numbers. Uh, but actually, the NBER, and it says directly on their website, does not define a recession in terms of two consecutive quarters of decline in real GDP. Rather, and I'm reading right from their website, a recession is a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and and retail sales. And so those are the, uh, you know, if you wanted to sort of play armchair economist and you wanted to follow along, those are a couple areas that you you can take a look at. So let's do that. Let's see what's been going on. So the first one we'll look at, uh, and by the way, when we say real, remember that's there's nominal, which does not account for inflation. And anything that's at a, a real growth rate, that's after inflation. Um, so in other words, let's say that GDP grew by 5%, but inflation was 5%. Well, the real GDP growth would be 0% because you're not going to just grow because of inflation. So real is is the real growth or real number uh, accounting or minusing out any inflation. So one of the first ones we'll take a look at is industrial production. I'm going to link to all these. Uh, Great site is the St. Louis Fed. All of this stuff is available. 
there's no fee to, to grab it, and it's pretty easy to use. So if you go to their site, you can type in what you're looking for, and it will give you a list, or you can actually Google what you're looking for and just put the term FRED, F-R-E-D, which is uh, the site. Um, and so that's the economic data of uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Industrial production, they have it come out as an index. So July of 2019, the index was 109.1756. Okay, what the heck does that mean? Give you an example, right before the downturn in 2008, it was over 105. And actually, towards the end of the recession, it continued to go down to about 87. Ever since the end of the, let's say, call it the June 2009, we've seen pretty much an upward slope in industrial production index. In November of 14, we had a high, uh, came down, you know, July 2016, June 2016, uh, kind of reached a, a low, but that was still above, that was 101 and change. Our most recent high was December of 2018. That was 110.55 and change. And so we're off the high a little bit, uh, but I wouldn't say that just looking at this, it's uh, it's screaming out that uh, industrial production is, is in a free fall. So this is one of the ones that, uh, that the NBER watches. I'm actually not sure if they weighed any of these. Uh, I'd have to do a little more research on that. But industrial production... And really what that does, it measures what's called real output for all facilities located in the United States manufacturing, mining, and electric and gas utilities. And that is uh, that's what, what it's looking at. All right. So industrial production, uh, you can take a look at that. The next one we will look at is the unemployment rate. And so the unemployment rate, here's a couple different measures a few different ways to look at unemployment. The one that you see on CNBC or the you know the nightly news when they they release it, that's a general civilian unemployment rate. And what they're doing is they're taking a look at everyone who has a job and everyone who let's say doesn't have a job but wants one or slash is actively looking. And so if you are long-term unemployed and you've given up looking for work, you're actually not counted in that number. There are different measures which look at various scenarios, you know, people who have been unemployed more than a certain amount of time, uh, people who have given up. Uh, you also have what's called the labor participation rate, which shows you the partic- uh, percentage of the population, let's say, that is participating in, in the, the labor or currently um, either looking for work or, um, or, or rather who is working. And so that's something that people look at. But the recent number was 3.7%. And to give you some contacts, in November of, uh, let's see, November, December, uh, October of 2009, unemployment, the civilian unemployment rate was 10%. And the most recent one that we had was actually uh, 3.7%. The lowest it's been was April and May, which is 3.6%. That is historically very, very low. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking back and you'd have to go back to 1968 uh, to get numbers that were 
as low. Um, let's see, if you go back to 1953, it looks like it was actually 2.5%. But historically, that number is very low. And one of the things, now I'm, I don't have this from the NBER, but one of the things when you look at these charts, and of course, again, I'll link to all these, this is the civilian unemployment rate, is you want to look at trends. Uh, so, so far, the unemployment rate has not been rising substantially. And it's, uh, let's see, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely not rising substantially. And, you know, if you look at the, the start of the, the last recession, it was right around four and three quarters, 5%, uh, crested up high. And it actually reached its high after the NBER called the end to the recession, which makes sense. There's probably a lag between, you know, when the recession ends and when firms start to hire again and things like that. So, uh, but at least according to this, the trend line continues to, to move lower. And in this case, lower is more positive than negative simply because, uh, you know, the more people working. Um, next one I'll take a look at is um, real income. So we've looked at industrial production. That's an index, employment, or the unemployment index, and then real income. So this one, the data isn't as up-to-date as uh, you, know, you might like. Um, so if you look at something like the median Real median household income. Okay, remember, real is to give you an example. If you made twenty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy six or seventy eight, I forget which one it is. Uh, that's equivalent to earning about a hundred thousand dollars today. And so, when you do real wage income uh, and you measure the numbers, it's after inflation. In other words, if if you were making a hundred thousand, you had fifty percent inflation, and now you're making one hundred and fifty thousand you actually had zero growth once you back out inflation because it's 100,000 to 100,000. Real wage growth is different than, than nominal wage growth. And there's actually, when you look at uh, 2017, looks like it was about 61,372, and that's median household income. So median, of course, takes out you know the, the Kardashians and the, uh, the Bill Gates and takes out you know both, both the, the extremes, right? And this is one where people have actually looked at it. You know, real wages didn't start to to grow again until you know probably about 2013. Um, they went down a little bit again, but if you look, you know, to give you an example, in 1999, uh, real wages were just above 60,000, and so we really haven't had that much real uh, income growth in the United States. And that has been something people have looked at. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, again, it's, I, I would look, if you're looking at these playing arm, armchair economist, I would be looking at the trends and, uh, you know, since 2014, each year, the, the real median household income in the United States continues to go up. Uh, so this is only through 2017. And what happens is, Let's see, September of 2019, you'll actually get to 2018 data. Uh, so another month and a half from now. That will be interesting to see what, what that yields. Uh, but this is a little bit of a lag. Uh, unfortunately, you don't have uh, you know, minute to minute or, well, you don't need minute to minute. But I mean, you don't, you don't have, let's say, monthly releases, at least the, not that I can see from the St. Louis Fed. 
but certainly real income, you want that to be growing because if people's real incomes are growing, not only is it keeping up with inflation, but you're actually getting more wage, uh, wage increases, but real purchasing power in that. Um, the other one that we take a look at is something called retail sales. So I pulled up this one, uh, you know, wholesale retail sales, retail sales, a number of these, uh, you know, this is kind of important because most of the economy is actually consumer spending. Uh, I remember some of the, I think I've seen anywhere from 70 to 75%. I'd have to check those numbers, but they actually account for quite a bit of the, uh, the economy and the growth of the economy. This one I'd say is a little bit mixed. And I say it's mixed because actually in December of 18, uh, monthly retail sales dropped negative uh, 2.3%. Um, and I will say these are seasonally adjusted. So seasonally adjusting just means that, uh, let's say if you looked at December, which includes Christmas versus November, which I guess November has Black Friday in it, but you know, let's say you took a random month against a month with a lot of consumer spending, uh, they seasonally adjust these, so it sort of smooth that smooths out those comparisons. But December eighteen negative two point three, uh, that was the lowest we've seen the percent change since uh, September of uh, two thousand nine, which of course we were not in a recession then. Uh, giving an idea to the the largest, let's say November two thousand eight negative four point three uh, percent change in uh, retailer retailer sales. Uh, but this one, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, back in let's say March of 2019 at a 2%, it's been flat April, May, and June 0.3%. So this one I'll link to as well. Uh, but these are, these are certainly things that, uh, you can follow. And then of course you have the idea of GDP itself. And so if we look at, uh, GDP, and I guess we'll also pull up inflation, but GDP the last one, the, the first estimate for Q2 of 2019 was uh, positive 2.1% annualized growth rate. So you basically get the quarter and then it's annualized as if it's going to be for all four quarters. We had a, a 2.1, Q1 was 3.1, and Q4 was 1.1 before that, you know, hovering around 3% or so. So thus far, uh, GDP growth has been positive. There's also something called the Atlanta. Fed GDP now indicator or uh, estimate, I'll, I'll say. And they look at the data that comes in. And every time they have a new data point, they bring it in and they have what's called the Atlanta Fed GDP now estimate. And it's it's going to be sensitive. It's going to be volatile because you may get inputs that come in or out. But they have their estimate now. I mean, it was below two and then it went back up above, uh, let's say, 225 for what is this? This is for Q3. So I'll link to that as well. That's a good spot to try and just take a look. They have the blue chip consensus, which is the range of the top 10 and the bottom 10 average forecast. And they also have the Atlanta Fed GDP now estimate. If you want to see not only, because remember, you're not going to get Q3 numbers for quite a while. Uh, you're going to be getting the the second Q2 and then the final Q2. And then you're not going to get uh, first estimate of Q3 until uh, what are we, July, August, September? Yeah, so October, you. But GDP, Atlanta GDP now will give you some data on that. And then, of course, the other one to keep an eye out on is inflation. 
And so in the 1970s, they coined something called the misery index. And the misery index was inflation plus unemployment. Well, we've looked at unemployment as pretty low historically. Uh, it's near historical lows. Inflation is not showing itself right now. The last inflation number, let's see, year over year, was about 1.8%. And so 1.8%, uh, certainly not a lot of inflation right now. Uh, there are a couple different types of inflation. There's the core inflation rate, which excludes food and energy because they say those are more volatile. That's about 2.2. And then, of course, the uh, uh, just the general inflation rate, which includes those things, is about 1.8%. So actually, oil has gone down recently. Uh, and uh, so that's actually caused overall inflation to go down. And so to kind of wrap this one up uh, before we... Uh, we jump off here. I think this is you know, so much talk nowadays about whether or not we're going to have a, re a recession coming. And I always tell people it's important to just cover the ears to all the people making predictions and start to, if you want to follow this stuff, you can follow these numbers. There's other things that you can look at as well. But based upon what the NBER says, which is the, uh, the board that tells you whether there's, they declare whether there's a recession or not, Although honestly, a lot of people simply look at the look for two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, and they look at those. Um, other things to look at. I mean, you might look at Europe or certain other big countries that might have an effect nowadays with things interlinked on the global economy. Uh, but to wrap it up, uh, NBER, we have not had a recession uh, since the last one ended in June of 2009. That's over 10 years. Now we're now about 100 and. Well, if we close out August without a recession, knock on wood, that's 122 months. And again, they say they look at real GDP, and I'll paraphrase, that's real GDP growth rate. Real income, or rather, you know, you want to look at real income is rising, are they falling? Unemployment, industrial production index, and, uh, you know, some variation of retail sales. Uh, I'll try and, if I find something where real income is either estimated based upon, you know, if it's a good site that has some good estimation tools, or if I find one that has a little more updated numbers, uh, but September 2019, you'll at least get the 2018 numbers. So is a recession coming? Well, these are some things you can follow. And uh, if you want to play armchair economist, bookmark these sites. And uh, as the data comes out, you can kind of chart along. But in my personal view, and I always bring it back to if you have majority of your portfolio and in uh, in strategies that have buffers or floors some of the stuff doesn't worry you quite as much so keep that in mind and uh, we'll talk to everyone real soon